died two days before at the age of 84. The rosary had been that day, and the casket had been opened so Charles could be viewed by family and friends. He was old, Faith. He'd been sick for a long time. As though that not only explained it, but dismissed it. Alex did that. He dismissed things. Just as for years now he had dismissed her. She felt lately as though she had served her purpose, done her job, and been dispensed with not only by her children, but by her husband as well. The girls had their own lives now that they'd left home, and Alex lived in a world that didn't include her, except on rare occasions when he expected her to entertain clients or go to a dinner party with him. The rest of the time he expected her to amuse herself. She saw women friends sometimes in the daytime, but most of her old friends still had children at home and were pressed for time. In the past several months, since Zoe left for college, Faith had been spending most of her time alone, trying to figure out what to do with the rest of her life. And Alex had a full life of his own. It seemed eons since she and Alex had sat for hours at dinner and chatted about the things that were important to them. It had been years since they had gone for long walks on the weekend, or gone to movies and held hands. She could barely remember what that had been like with Alex. He seldom touched her, and rarely spoke. And yet she knew he loved her, or at least she thought so. But he seemed to have almost no need to communicate with her. It was all shorthand and staccato words. Silence suited him better, as it did now, as she set his dinner down in front of him and brushed away a stray lock of blonde hair. He seemed not to notice her at all and was engrossed in something he was reading in the paper. It took him a long time to answer when she spoke again. Are you coming tomorrow? she asked gently. Her stepfather's funeral was the next day. He shook his head as he glanced up at her. I can't. I'm going to Chicago. Meetings with Unipam. He had been having trouble with an important account. Business took precedence over all else, and had for a long time. He had become a very successful man. It had bought them the townhouse and their daughter's educations, an unexpected amount of ease and luxury that Faith hadn't expected to enjoy. But there were other things that would have meant more to her. Comfort, laughter, warmth. She felt as though she never laughed anymore, and hadn't in a long time, except when she was with the girls. It wasn't that Alex treated her badly. It was more that he didn't treat her at all. He had other things on his mind, and he didn't hesitate to make that clear to her. Even his lengthy silences told her that he would rather think than talk to her. It would be nice if you were there, Faye said cautiously, as she sat down across the table from him. He was a handsome man, and had always been. At fifty-two he had grown distinguished as well, with a full head of gray hair. He had piercing blue eyes and an athletic build. One of his partners had died suddenly of a heart attack two years before, and Alex had been careful about diet and exercise since then, which was why he preferred fish to anything else, and was pushing the chicken she had cooked around his plate. She hadn't had time to be creative. She had been at the funeral parlor with her stepsister Allison all afternoon, while people came by to pay their respects. The two women hadn't seen each other since Faith's mother's funeral the year before, and not for ten years before that. 
Allison hadn't come to her brother Jack's funeral two years before Faith's mother's. There had been too many funerals in recent years. Her mother, Jack, now Charles. Too many people had disappeared, and although she and her stepfather had never been close, she had respected him nonetheless, and it saddened her to think of his being gone. It felt as though all the familiar landmarks were fading from her life. I have to be at the meeting in Chicago tomorrow, Alex said, looking intently into his plate. He was only picking at the chicken, but he hadn't bothered to complain. Other people go to funerals, Faith said quietly. There was nothing strident about Faith. She didn't argue with him, didn't fight. She rarely disagreed with him. There was no point anyway. Alex had a way of removing himself. He did what he wanted, usually without asking or consulting her, and had for years. He operated like a separate entity from her most of the time, and what motivated him was business and the demands it put on him, not what Faith wanted him to do. She knew how he worked and what he thought. It was hard to get behind the walls he put up around himself. She was never entirely sure if it was a defense or simply what made him comfortable. It had been different when they were young, but it had been this way for years. Being married to him was a lonely place, but she was used to it. She only felt it more now because the girls were gone. They had provided all the warmth she needed for years. It was their absence she felt now more than his, and she seemed to have drifted away from many of her friends. Time and life and marriage and kids had somehow gotten in the way. Zoe had left for Brown two months before. She seemed happy there, and had yet to come home for a weekend, although Providence was close enough. But she was busy with her friends, her life, her activities at school, just as Eloise was happy in London with her job. Faith had been feeling for a while that they all had fuller lives than she, and she had been wrestling with trying to decide what to do with her own. She had thought of getting a job, but had no idea what kind of work she could do. It had been twenty-five years since she'd worked at Vogue before Eloise was born. She had also thought about going back to law school, and had mentioned it to Alex a couple of times. He thought the idea was ridiculous at her age, and dismissed it out of hand. At your age, Faith, you don't start law school again at forty-seven. You'd be nearly fifty before you graduated and passed the bar. He said it with a look of utter contempt, and although she still thought of it from time to time, she didn't mention it to him. Alex thought she should continue doing charity work as she had for years, and going to lunch with her friends, all of which had begun to seem meaningless to Faith, particularly now with the girls away. She wanted something with more substance to fill her life, but she had yet to find a plan that seemed sensible to her, and one she could convince her husband would be worthwhile. No one is going to miss me at Charles's funeral, Alex said conclusively, as Faith cleared his plate and offered him some ice cream which he declined. He was careful about his weight and was very trim and in good shape. He played squash several times a week and tennis on weekends, when the weather in New York allowed. They had rented a weekend house in Connecticut when the girls were small, but they hadn't done that in years. Alex liked to be able to go into the office if he needed to, on the weekends. She wanted to tell him that she would miss him at her stepfather's funeral the next day, 
but she knew there was no point. Once he made up his mind one way or another, he could not be swayed. It never occurred to him that she might need him there, and it wasn't the nature of their relationship for her to portray herself that way. She was capable and well able to take care of herself. She had never leaned heavily on him, even when their children were small. She made good decisions and was sure of herself. She had been the perfect wife for him. She never whined, as he put it, and she didn't now, but she was disappointed that he didn't want to be there for her. Disappointment had become a way of life for Faith now. Alex was almost never there when she needed him. He was responsible, respectable, intelligent, provided well for them, and the emotional side of him had vanished into thin air years before. They had wound up with the same relationship his parents had. When she had met them, she had been shocked by how cold they were and unable to express affection for each other. His father had been particularly remote, just exactly the way Alex had become in time, although Faith had never pointed out to him how similar to his father he was. Alex wasn't demonstrative, and in fact it made him uncomfortable when others were, particularly Zoe and Faith. Their constant displays of affection always made him uneasy, and even more distant and critical of them. Of the two girls, Zoe was the most like her, warm, affectionate, good-natured, with a sense of mischief about her, reminiscent of Faith when she was young. She was a terrific student and a bright girl, but it was Eloise who was closer to her father. They had a kind of silent bond that was more comfortable for him. She was quieter than her sister and always had been, and like Alex, she was often far more critical of Faith and outspoken about it perhaps because he was. Zoe was always quick to come to her mother's defense and to stand by her. She had wanted to come to Charles's funeral, although she wasn't close to him. He had never had any real interest in the girls. But as it turned out, she had midterm exams and couldn't get away, and there was no reason for Eloise to come all the way from London for her step-grandfather's funeral, after he had never given her the time of day. Faith didn't expect it of them but it would have been nice if Alex could have made the effort to be there. Faith didn't mention it to him again. As she did with a lot of other things, she let it go. She knew she wouldn't win the argument. As far as he was concerned, she was perfectly capable of going alone. And he knew, just as his daughters did, that Faith and her stepfather had never been close. His loss was more symbolic to her. And what Faith didn't verbalize to him was that it was more painful because it reminded her acutely of the others who had gone before. Her mother, her brother Jack, whose death had devastated Faith when his plane went down on the way to Martha's Vineyard three years before. He was forty-six years old at the time, had been an excellent pilot, and the engine had caught fire. The plane had exploded in midair, and it was a shock she had only just recently begun to recover from. She and Jack had always been soulmates and best friends. He had been her sole emotional support and a source of comfort for her throughout her childhood and adult life. He was always forgiving, never critical, and fiercely loyal. They were two years apart, and growing up their mother had always said they had been like twins, particularly when their father died suddenly of a heart attack, when Faith was ten and Jack twelve. 
Faith's relationship with her father had been difficult. Nightmarish, in fact. It was something she never talked about, and which had taken her a good part of her adult life to resolve. She had worked on it with a therapist and made her peace with her past as best she could. Her earliest memories were of her father molesting her. He had been sexually inappropriate and abusive with her starting when she was four or five. She had never dared to tell her mother about it, and her father had threatened to kill her and her brother if she told. Her deep love for her brother had kept her silent, until Jack had discovered it when he was eleven and she was nine, and he and his father had had a huge fight over it. And he had told Jack the same thing, that he would kill Faith if either of them told. He had been a very sick man. It had been so traumatic for both of them that they had never talked about it again until both of them were grown and she was in therapy. But it had formed an unseverable bond between them, a love born of compassion and a deep sadness in each of them that it had happened at all. Jack had been tormented by the fact that he hadn't been able to shield Faith from the nightmare their father had inflicted on her, physically and emotionally. It tore Jack apart, knowing what was happening and that he was helpless to turn the tides. But he was only a child, and a year after he had discovered it, their father died. Years later, Faith had tried to tell their mother about it when she was in therapy, but her mother's denial mechanisms had been insuperable. She refused to listen, believe, or hear and insisted repeatedly that what Faith was saying was a vicious lie, created to malign her father and hurt them all. As Faith had feared all her life, her mother blamed her and retreated into her own fantasies and denial. She insisted that Faith's father had been a kind and loving man, who adored his family and revered his wife. She had somehow managed to canonize him in the years since he had died. It left Faith with nowhere to go with her memories, except to Jack, as usual. He had gone to the therapist with her, and dredged up painful memories for both of them. Faith had sat and sobbed in his arms for hours. But in the end, Jack's love and support had helped her put old ghosts to rest. Her memory of her father was of a monster who had violated the innocence and sanctity of her life as a child and it took Jack years to get over the fact that he couldn't keep it from happening to her. It was a painful bond they shared, and a wound they both fought valiantly to heal, and Faith had finally made her peace with it, in great part, thanks to Jack. But the scars had taken a toll nonetheless. Both of them had...